This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Right now, we're going to have a conversation, get the latest on the foreign interference investigation that's been ongoing for for some time now. And it's, there's a few different moving pieces here. We've talked about the foreign agents registry and some of the concerns that some people have around that. And then there's also um, the special rapporteurs doing his work. And by the end of the month or end of May, I should say is to let us know whether or not he thinks a public inquiry is the right course of action here. And Prime Minister says if that's what his determination is, then that's what we're going to do. Uh, And at the same time, we've still got some parliamentary committees that are hearing from all different groups and asking questions of these people as to who knew what and what was done about it and how did it all play out. Yesterday, the directors of both the Liberal National Campaign and the Conservative National Campaigns For the two most recent elections, 2019 and 2021, were questioned by MPs as part of the Parliamentary Committee's investigation into it. Um, Also this week, the CBC reported some of the results of a Freedom of Information request detailing... You remember the the reporting that many places have had around um, MPs were warned prior to the 2021 election that there were foreign states trying to influence them or monitor them or all those sorts of things. Well, we got some details uh, through a CBC Freedom of Information request. We saw the documentation. Um, details the efforts of CSIS to warn the MPs that they were likely being targeted. So there's a lot to go on here. So we're going to chat with Mubin Sheikh now, who is formerly uh, an undercover member of CSIS and the RCMP, a professor of public safety now at Seneca College. Uh, Mubin, thanks so much for joining us. Always appreciate your time, sir. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the warning. Now, we've we've heard the reporting around this warning before. Now we've got a bit more detail. CSIS going to MPs and telling them, hey, you need to be aware that foreign states are likely monitoring your activities, trying to have some influence in your business. How unusual is it for CSIS to take a step like that and actually go to MPs and say, hey, listen, we got some info for you? Yeah, this is definitely not part of the uh, regular repertoire, uh, if you will. Uh, I think that in because of the increased attention to foreign interference, especially from the Communist Party of China, um, and of course allegations that have been out there about you know members of parliament or other politicians who may be compromised. I think this is part and parcel of what CSIS should be doing and is, I think, keen on doing, and which is raising awareness for people who are, in fact, being targeted by hostile intelligence services. What would CSIS have to know? What would they have to have uncovered or, you know, they'd have to be pretty certain. Like, what level of intelligence are they acting on before they take that step? Yeah, well, I mean... um, you know, basic intelligence gathering comes from, you know, two sources, uh, human sources and uh, signals intelligence, meaning intercepts of phone calls, of other communications. It could be, you know, emails and uh, and other things. Um, so on the basis of how CSIS collects that intelligence, they're going to know that uh, foreign 
foreign actors are targeting, you know, this person, that person, this institution, this organization. Uh, you know, they've been watching, you know, for a long time. I mean, the influence, you know, Chinese or Communist Party of China influence in Canada goes back decades. Uh, so this is nothing new for them. And uh, and they're just informing the people accordingly now. Um, does it come with action that they should take too? Like, what would that sort of briefing be? Would it just be, hey, here's the information, here's your warning? Or would they also say, now this is what we think you should do? Yeah, they, they won't uh, reveal, of course, uh, how they got the information. Um, they right. will just kind of go into the meeting with, listen, we know this, trust us, because this is what we do. Uh, but definitely giving them instructions on what they can do is definitely something that they have been doing um, with MPs and others. Um, just to be aware of, you know, how these actors will operate. Um, you know, they gave some uh, advice on just being aware of when people um, who are suspected of being members of an influence organization, and this is relatively easy to do, uh, especially where they are overt. I mean, if there's an organization that's, uh, however they might name themselves, you know, the Cultural Party of China or something, uh, you know, individuals that might come from those organizations, when they are requesting private meetings, when they're requesting uh, some of their staff members to be hired by uh, the politician's office, it could be in the uh, constituency office or elsewhere, uh, when they're offering trips and gifts, those sorts of things should raise the alarm um, for individuals that are being targeted. They talked about something called elicitation, which is a, a technique that's used um, by uh, spies and the rest. Can you give us some in indication as to what elicitation is? I guess it's basically getting you to give information up without even realizing you're doing it, right? Yeah, it's a very clever tactic. So what they'll say is, you know, uh, let's say, isn't it true that Canada spent you know, uh, $150 million on cybersecurity for X. And then if, if the person is in the know, they will say, no, actually, we spent, you know, um, you know, $250 million. And in fact, you know, the it's being done through this organization. So they will give, you know, uh, baseline information that is not correct in the hopes that the person will then give the correct answer in replying to the conversation. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, is this part of the work by CSIS to probe the MPs? Like, could this also be a counterintelligence sort of like, okay, we know this is going on. So we're going to sit down and we're going to have this conversation, not to say that they're lying or making it up, but would part of the work of the agency at that time also be trying to find out what MPs might be aware of and if there's anybody in any information they can glean that way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they will, they have their conversations. I mean, if there are MPs or others who feel that there is something, um, something going on, then uh, probably they're going to reach out and, uh, contact the service or their contact within the service, uh, try to get as much information as they can and see if there is, uh, you know, reason uh, and, and, um, uh, content for them to actually launch an investigation. Keep in mind that, uh, you know, this kind of activity that people do is generally not illegal uh, unless it's, you know, overtly done and, um, you know, and, and any kind of criminal investigation is going to be done by the RCMP anyway. The, the CSIS will collect 
as much information as possible. And if they feel that there is a criminal offense that is about to be committed or has been committed, then they will basically punt that over to the RCMP. Um, but, you know, this is uh, definitely something that CSIS does. Um, and, of course, uh, members of parliament and others are encouraged to engage with them where they feel that something is uh, amiss. Uh, part of the reporting and the testimony that we've heard at committee and stuff, uh, we've heard from the director of CISA saying the agency's enabling law really restricts what they can and cannot do. What, what is the enabling law movement and what is it restricting them from doing? Well, uh, the, the, again, you know, they, if, if there's no criminal offense, um, be, uh, occurred or occurring, uh, there's not much they can do. I mean, they, CSIS is an information collection. They, they collect intelligence. Like information plus value becomes, uh, um, intelligence. Um, but uh, again, if they're, they're, they're limited because if a person is not doing, uh, overtly breaking the law, uh, there, there's not much that, that they can do. Um, all they can do, and as they've been doing for really decades, is just keeping tabs on people who are involved in this sort of stuff, what kind of the names of organizations that come up and how they can basically, you know, uh, compile a more complete intelligence picture. So you can almost see a car crash about to happen and you really, really can't do anything about it at that point. Yeah. Right. Interesting. It's just once the once the crash happens, then you call nine one one, right? And then, and then the help comes, and so on and so forth. But up to that point, there's not much that can be done. Gotcha. Okay. Mubin, as always, thanks so much for your insight. I really appreciate your time.